Hey there, listeners. Well, the team maturity model is a framework that provides leaders with insights into the phases and that they go through, right? There's different sort of levels or phases that a team will actually work through. And really what actually happens here is that today, the maturity team maturity model, I want to share with you some strategies that will help guide you and the team towards higher levels of performance, collaboration, and innovation. So in this episode today, as I said, we'll explore that team maturity model and uh, and then help you and the team navigate along the journey. So let's discuss. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the Ask Dennis episode. This is a freestyle episode where I'm asked a question by our listeners or I share my thoughts, experiences, and insights from working with many leaders around the globe. Well, in today's dynamic and competitive business landscape, effective teamwork is a cornerstone of success. And it doesn't matter what teams I work with or what teams I talk to or which leaders I talk to, not all teams are the same. They're not all created equal. There are different dynamics and different things that are happening. Just as an individual, you as an individual will progress through your development around various stages to help you become stronger as a person, for you to have bigger and stronger skills and capabilities around leadership. Well, teams, they also have distinct phases of growth and maturity. That team maturity model that I've referred to is really the framework that helps leaders with insights and the different phases that they go through. But it also equips them with strategies to guide the team and the leaders towards higher levels of performance, collaboration, and innovation. As I said to you, I want to go through this model today with you to help you understand that, but really help you navigate you and your teams along the journey of maturity as a team. I'm asked by all sorts of people about how do I help my team become stronger, better, more effective? How do we perform at different levels? And so today, that's what I'm going to be talking about. You see, the to understand the team maturity model, we need to understand that it's a concept that's driven by the understanding that teams evolve and they change over time. And they'll change and evolve over time, just like we do as individuals, as I said. But also, if you're thinking like a a plant or a tree or, or anything else that is living, that we'll see them evolve and change over time. Now, the team maturity model was developed by researchers and practitioners in the field of organizational psychology and management. Now, the main one that I know of out there, and I know of several of them, but the one I tend to refer to is done by the psychologist Bruce Tuckman, and it's called the Tuckman Team Maturity Model. And with this model, he really provides that framework of really understanding the distinct stages of team development. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take you through those different maturity levels. Although there are some specific labels and characteristics of each of the stages, they actually might vary for every team. But in general, the general journey actually covers off these different stages. The first one that you may have heard of is called forming. And really, that's the beginning stage where team members are just coming together. Now, that could be a brand new team that's come together, a new newly formed team, or it could be a team that's been merged. It also could be a team that's actually gone through some change as well. So the leaders left, or they've gone through a restructure, or there might be something else. Now, what you'll tend to find is that people are quite polite and they're enthusiastic. And there's this great sense of uncertainty and caution as members get to know each other's strengths and weaknesses and working styles. In other words, they're checking each other out and they're trying to understand who's who in the zoo, but also who's doing what and how the different strengths and weaknesses each of them have. Now, that is the forming stage. The next stage in the team maturity model is storming. And so as the team starts to collaborate on tasks, there's going to be some difference in opinions. There's going to be differences in working styles, and there might be some different expectations emerging. There could be conflict and disagreements, and they tend to be the common thing that actually happens during this phase. Because what actually happens is a lot of the team members start to vie for positions or start to put themselves into positions or they want to actually have their ideas and approaches heard and adopted. Now, you also might notice that at this kind of stage, there could be some clickiness happen. So you have groups everywhere. And so there could be this one group over here are quite clicky and they don't involve others as well. And they're starting to have this kind of conflict. So that's the, the storming phase. And as I'm going through these phases, you may actually realize or recognize where you and your team are at any one stage. So number one was really the forming. The next one is storming. And then we go into what we call norming. Now, during this phase, the team really starts to begin to establish common values, norms, and working processes. Trust and a one-team mindset improve and the members really develop a better understanding of each other's roles and responsibilities. So we get a real good, strong clarity around that. But then once you start into norm, the next phase is what I call performing. And in the performing stage, the team is really firing on all cylinders. So if you think about a racing car, so the racing car could be all brand new, but we still haven't worked it out. So that's the forming. And then as we start to take the car out, we start to realize things, but we want to go faster, change gears, do things, go around the corner a certain way. But the car sort of arguing with us was not liking things as well. Until we start to work the car out and the car starts to work us out as well. And that's when you're getting into the norming phase. But to be able to get into the performing, to be that high level performance, that's where it says the team is firing on all cylinders. This is where team members are starting to work seamlessly together and leveraging each other's strengths and producing high quality results. The ability to collaborate becomes quite natural for this kind of level, and the team is, there, is really actually highly productive. And so you can imagine where you've got a high-performing car, racing car, or a high-performing sporting team, 
And when it clicks, you may have heard of this terminology, when it clicks, it's just beautiful. It's just smooth. It just rolls together beautifully. So you may have actually heard of that. So four stages, forming, storming, norming, and performing. Now, why are these important for leaders? Well, for those leaders who actually understand this and grasp the or embrace the significance of the team maturity model, they're really going to gain a competitive edge in trying to nurture high-performing teams. And there's some reasons why. If you can actually have enhanced communication, so if you can understand the stages and help leaders anticipate challenges that may arise as the team develops, is a good thing. And you can actually proactively address communication breakdowns during the storming phase. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good to actually have healthy conflict in the storming phase, but you want to make sure that you're actually encouraging open dialogue that really actually fosters understanding and collaboration. The second thing here and why it's important for leaders is around conflict resolution. If you can recognize that there's going to be conflict and allow leaders to address the issues head on and know that it's a safe environment to do that and guide the team towards productive resolutions. You know, it sort of prevents lingering conflicts that may actually hinder the team's progress. You know what I mean when you actually see that there is something going on and it's not being addressed and it hangs around and then people start to tiptoe around it. The clicks or the group start to talk about it a lot and they're not actually progressing on or moving forward in the different maturity model. The third area here would be around why it's important for leaders is to have skillful resource allocation. What do we mean by that? Well, if you can tailor your guidance and support based on the team's maturity stage, that's a good thing. And if you can invest more time on the direction during the forming stage, then the coaching during storming and guidance and norming and delegation performing is going to be much easier for you. The fourth area is around cultivating trust. And a leader who understands this model that I've been talking about can focus on building trust early on. The earlier you can do it, the better. And that really sort of is a foundation that facilitates smoother transitions between the stages and ensures that the teams move forward cohesively. Now, here's the thing. Those teams and those organizations that have very strong trust in place, and we went through a pandemic, they were going back into the storm and forming and storming phases because we were doing things differently, having to work from home and things like that. So that's where we went into it. But a lot of organizations went quickly from forming, storming, norming, and into performing because they had high trust already established within the organization. Okay, so we've talked about what the four stages are and why it's important for a leader. The other area I want to talk to you about is actually moving the team along the stages and how you might actually do that. Well, if you can guide the team through the stages, then it really requires, well, what it does require is actually a bit of a delegate balance of leadership approaches or approach. The first thing I would say here is around education awareness. If you as a leader can introduce the model to your team, now if you can't do this or you don't want to do this, I would highly recommend that you engage a facilitator that can actually do this for you. Now if you can get into a stage where you can explain the different stages and the characteristics of each of the stages, then what it does is it actually raises the awareness of the team members and helps them recognize at any one time where they may be, what stage they might be in, and then how they can actually progress into the other areas. So education and awareness is a really big thing. 
Because once you know what it is, then you can address things. The second area around moving teams along the stages is having some clear expectations. Because as you're going during the forming stage and then getting it, if you can set some clear expectations for team members around their roles and responsibilities, that'll be a great thing as well. Because that really establishes the foundation for effective collaboration. The third thing is around facilitating conflict resolution. So that's really particularly in the storming phase. And if you can encourage open discussions and mediate conflicts in a constructive way, that'd be great. And if you can use conflict as an opportunity for growth rather than as a setback, because there could be some lessons learned from the different things that we actually have. The fourth thing is go out empowering collaboration. And that really is, as you're entering into the norming stage, focus on building strong relationships and establishing that as norms. If you can encourage open feedback and ensure everyone's voice is being, that is going to go a long way to helping the team settle within the norming phase. The fifth area here is around foster autonomy. That really is now talking about in the performing stage. And if you can provide autonomy and freedom for team members to execute their tasks, then it's really going to help too. And if you can go offer guidance when needed, but allow the team to flourish independently, that's going to be massive. So there's sort of five areas there to really sort of help move teams along the stages is education awareness, facilitate conflict resolution, empower collaboration, and also foster autonomy. You see, listeners, the team maturity model offers leaders a roadmap to help cultivate high-performing, cohesive teams. And if you can actually understand the stages and tailoring their leadership approach accordingly, then leaders can navigate their teams through challenges, conflicts, and success. This approach not only drives improved team performance, but also paves the way for a culture of collaboration, innovation, and sustained success in that ever-evolving business landscape. If you and your team need any help to collaborate better, become a high-performing team, then I'm going to highly encourage you to reach out to me. I work with organizations around the world. And what I do with them is I help them with their teams. I help them to think bigger, actually collaborate better, look at their behaviors, take the team to new levels. So then that team can be a team that of leaders that leads the way forward. You will build confidence in yourself and your team. The team will build confidence in you and themselves. And then your teams, of course, but also clients and stakeholders will grow confidence in all of you because you are working as a high-performance team. To go through the models, you need to understand where you are. To go through the model, you actually need to understand what the stages are. But there's nothing more important than actually having someone beside you, partnering with you, helping you understand where you are and the team and coaching them through it. So once again, I highly recommend that you reach out to me. Feel free to do that on my email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com or send me a private message on Facebook or LinkedIn and let's, uh, let's get together and have a strategy session and talk about your needs and how I can help you going forward. 
Hey, listeners, that's it for this episode. It's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for joining me on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.